We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in Possible. Coming up, the latest episode of the KCSN Draft Show, getting Chiefs Kingdom ready for the 2023 NFL Draft. Hosted right here in Kansas City with the best analysis, interviews, and content you can find to stay up to date and in the know. With that said, let's begin the show. What's going on, Chiefs Kingdom? Welcome to the KCSN Draft Show. I'm BJ Kissel, hanging out with Tucker Franklin and our special guest, the new KC Sports Network host slash contributor, former Eagles and Chiefs and Texans linebacker, Mr. Sean Barber. Hey, don't Welcome. Care, man. Obviously, man. Rich Rich Spiders. Oh, mm, Spiders Ferris, man. It's VA 804 all day, baby. 804 all day. Kind of landed in Indy. I landed in Indy, and I guess what? The first person I called, my man, Mike White. He was a punter for me at University of Richmond. Mm-hmm. Called him up, said, hey, one day we got to catch lunch. He said, barbershop? You are in my town? Hey, man, we got spiders all over the nation. So I can't wait to talk about a, a few you guys. so many notes. You literally wrote notes Girl. on your On the plane, on the plane. On the plane. I got <laughs> Southwest thing and everything. Mock draft 1.0, 2.0. I got 3 and 4.0 brewing in my mind right now. All right, we're going to get into your first round because you've got 30 players projected as first-round picks. We're going to get into those with Mr. Sean Barber. But, Sean, before we do that, uh, you and I, over the years, done a lot of work together. We have never had a conversation just about, like, your draft process. Like, when you were coming through as a player yes. out of the University of Richmond, what was what do you remember about that process and the weeks leading up to the draft, the bowl games, like, the whole deal? Well, since this video, I'm going to roll up my sleeves for this okay. one because we're going to get deep into it. It's getting serious. Um, man, coming out of the University of Richmond, I stayed for a fifth year. Uh, after my fourth year, I had like a sixth, seventh round draft for di- projection. Um, I never signed with an agent. So I went back for my fifth year. I was defensive player of the conference that year. Uh, ended up signing with Sports Stars, management group, Brian, uh, Brian Mackler and Alan Herman. Uh, I was with them my entire career. They sent me to go get some uh, uh, combine training. Uh, back in those days, that wasn't something that every agent used to do. Uh, they invest a little bit of money in you to get you trained up so that you can perform the best of your ability. Um, I just soaked it all in, man. I, I went paper. Listen, I'm I'm about these notes. That's, <laughs> it, it ain't just for the draft. It ain't just for the combine. I, I take notes in every facet of my life. Every Anything I'm doing, 
I'm taking notes. I want to know the why behind things. So whether it was the broad jump, the vertical, a short shuttle 40, I broke it down to like what is going to allow me to excel in each one of these events. And obviously with the 40-yard dash, it starts with your stance and you start first 10. How do you accelerate? How do you hold that acceleration and then finish? So it's not just running to a, a finish point. You got to break it down to all five segments, and then you got to videotape yourself, which I did. <laughs> By that time, we had these little eight-millimeter cameras we put on the tripod. I had my girlfriend at the time push the record button, and she just recorded my start over and over again. And I would I would try to run like 20 yards, and I want to see how can I uh, – different starts, different stances, uh, keeping my hips low, um, I'm, I'm raising my hand. I put like all these different variations yeah. of a start and broke it down as – by hand time, what got me the fastest start? And then I did that over and over again until I could, could pretty much do it in my sleep. And I did that for every segment of a 40-yard dash until I got my 40 down to 4.44. Wow. Is that what you officially ran? Yeah. yeah. Holy cow. Yeah, so you when you talk to – whenever you get Warfield on four, the four, – 4.4 four linebacker. At two, who was your – 220? 227. I came in at 227, ran 4.44. That's not too bad. That's pretty good. That's a – that's pretty good. I was, a, I mean, listen. I was going to say something that said, like, especially for back when they did that. Like, whatever I was going to say, I was going to make you sound old. That's not. I know, a, man. This, but there's so much more. This is dinosaur. I, I am old, man. Like, let's not. Listen, it is what it is. It's wisdom, though. Yeah. I'm I, I'm wise beyond my years. I, listen, I, I all the training they're doing now at the Florida and, and you can go to New Jersey to all these different places. That's, that That was the core of what I taught myself. I was yeah. a self-taught guy coming out of a small school, small college. I knew there wasn't going to be a bunch of teams coming to my pro day. I knew. I mean, it's rich. Man. Ain't nobody coming. They're going to UVA. Uh, they're going to Virginia Tech. They're going to go to all the big schools. But I had to make the most out of my trip to the convent. My trip to Indy, that was my time to showcase time for me to shine. Yeah. On the same field, on the same stage as all these other Division One college linebackers. That was my proving ground to show that I can, uh, you know, play in the big leagues. Yeah. What do you remember about being at the combine? Man, I, I think I was just—I mean, I was caught up in the moment of uh, a bunch of energy, a bunch of emotion. The first night I got here, um, man, I think I—I I mean, I, I might have been almost in tears just the fact that this day arrived because I put so much time into like fine-tuning, like I'm saying, every aspect of each drill. And now it was finally time to let all that knowledge, all that hard work, all that effort be able to, like, just come out of me and showcase it on Indy, like I said, on the same stage as these other guys. And I was a little bit nervous about what was I going to be able to, you know, uh, you know, kind of stand up to that standard. Yeah. Uh, luckily, it all kind of worked out. Um, like I said, great 40-time vertical. I think my vertical was 35 inches, um, like a 10-foot two or something broad jump. Um, great short shuttle. Like everything just kind of fell into place because I was I was really confident in all the drills. I was confident in my footwork. Um, I knew what I was doing. Yeah. So that that that, that is that's one thing uh, I tell guys all the time. Don't the, the hard work pays off. Yeah. Now either you got it or you don't. <laughs> if you ain't fast, you ain't. I mean, you got to You got to come out here and show something. And um, my my dad was a wide receiver. Uh, bless his soul, rest in peace. But I think he God gifted me some really good hands. I played wide receiver in high school. Okay. So catching the ball and running through the catches and doing all those things, um, that was the one piece that I think set me apart from everybody else at the draft. Uh, we had some good linebackers there, but they all 
kind of had stubs like this as hands. <laughs> they dropped a couple balls, and I, I think I went nine for nine to how many catches it was. I didn't drop a ball. Like so. it was yesterday. Yeah, man. Yeah. Well, Sean, I, I'm happy to inform you, your vertical, according here, when I'm looking at your combine numbers, 37 inches oh, on the vertical. Short of sold himself. 37 inches. Uh, the 20-yard short shuttle, 4.1. Get off me. Yeah, it's a really good, it's a really good short shuttle. And me, vertical, forty-six inch vertical. <laughs> I'm taking everything into consideration. I'm about my chest. Y'all don't even see. I can see it right now. My chest out here like a robin. I'm just about to bust burst out. This. I'm about to get on. You know what? Give me some cleats. Let me get out there. Get out there tomorrow and show them jokers how to do it. Well, I want to ask you about that too. BJ brought it up, and it's a lot of conversation about combine training versus actual training right yeah. to, to get I, I want to know how much that differed from what your actual training was and how much did it actually add to your training regimen of like doing the combine training on top of what you're already doing to just be a better football player so i got obsessed with like i said I, I so i got on the computer so i looking up combine drills and i wanted to know the exact distance of the cones when it came to that the, the uh, eye test and the short shuttle and then i looked up footwork and so i looked at what the the, the fastest record recorded times in the short shuttle the the eye test, all these different drills were, and I watched those guys perform. I watched the combine from a few years before, you know, uh, a few years before I was uh, I was in a part of the 98 mm-hmm. uh, combine. So I went from 96, 97, 98, found out who was running the fastest time in these events, and then I tried to count their steps. All right, you know, short shuttle, it was left, right, left, plant, swoop, left, right, left, right, you know, five steps, swoop your hand, and then finish through. You know, so I was like, breaking down everybody down to the, like, smallest detail. And then I tried to emulate it and repeat that over and over. But obviously, anytime you try to do something like somebody else is doing, it's, it's sometimes it doesn't work. Right, right. And so I had to kind of figure out of these, you know, five different ways of doing it, which one did my body respond best to and which one did I think I could start cutting off tenths and hundredths of a second off mm-hmm. to make sure to get my time down to the lowest as possible. And like I said, I just... Pencil and paper, I mean, it was it was a, 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 a you know a, what's called a beautiful mind type thing. Right, yeah. All on the chalkboard and everything. I had notes all you know out the wazoo, and then I just kept working at it, man. Kept grinding at it, but it was not like a preparing for a game. Preparing for a game is you watch a film of the opponent. The, the only opponent when it comes right now in the combine is in this guy's mind. Man, it's a mental hurdle they got to get over to be able to come up here in Hindi in front of all their peers. The best of the best, knowing all these NFL scouts and, and general managers are up in the stands. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you, if I have to, I think I, I think I was able to like block that out. Uh-huh. I just wanted to showcase exactly what I was doing on those practice fields at Richmond. I wanted to bring that right to Indy and just showcase that same thing. So for the for the few days I was working out, I don't really think I realized there were general managers and scouts up yeah. in this. Like, I think I, that was part of it that I just blocked it out because it probably would have made me nervous and all that kind of stuff. So I was able just to, yeah, just to really uh, compartmentalize that aspect of it and just go out there and show my athleticism. Well, what was that feeling like, though? You do. You run a really good 40 time. You do the good short shuttle. You, you have a good vertical. What was that feeling like then after the combine to be like, okay, I did all that hard work, kind of paid off. What was that like? Well, I mean, again, I still knew I was an underdog, so I knew yeah. that no, I could have came out there and, and and won every drill and lit up the. And they're still gonna say, "Well, you went to University of Richmond. It's a one double A school. Your uh, competition level isn't what these guys at Louisville and right. VA and stuff was." Yeah. Um, and so I knew, I knew, because I came off of a senior bowl where I had a really good week of 
senior bowl practice. Yep. So when you talk about the transition, you know, preparing myself for the senior bowl, it was about keeping my hips low, exploding through every drill, showcasing explosion out my hips, um, how to how to how to disengage and not be we call it don't be velcro. Yeah. When you get on a tackle, you got to be able to rip off and get off and get clean air, um, close the distance between uh, running backs and wide receivers really quickly and stuff like that. Always on the field showcasing. Um, your athleticism and your balance and all the things that make you special. And then when you come here, it's about these drills. There is no opponent. It's just the drills, the drills, the drills. And you become, you got to get through that mental block of yourself telling you you're not worthy, you're not good enough and all that kind of stuff. And I don't know, man, like I said, my confidence level, um, like I said, I think because of all the hard work and practice, my confidence level was through the roof. Uh, My agent had a lot of faith in me. And and so we scheduled, I mean, (laughs) We had guys come in the hallways while I was stretching and stuff just to see how flexible I was. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he'd bring a scout through and say, hey, that's Barber right there, University yeah. of Richmond. 227-pound linebacker coming out of Richmond. <laughs> I mean, look how flexible. Hey, Sean, show him. Show him how you can touch the floor. Show him how. I mean, I, it, it, listen, on, on demand. You wanted me to touch, I mean, palms completely on the floor. I want to show that I was an extremely flexible um, top-end athlete, and I didn't need much time to get prepared to get ready. Like, what you saw is what you're going to get every day at practice. And so, um, yeah, after the combine was over, it was a big kind of uh, – uh, this mentally allowed me just to flush out and get everything off my mind and prepare for the draft. Um, and luckily I got drafted in the fourth round. Yeah, you go pick 113 overall to Washington, one of the yes. teams that did not mention uh, South <laughs> that you played for, team that drafted you. But go to Washington – and this one double-A player that had all these question marks, this agent just doing everything he can to promote him, has 501 career tackles, 10 sacks, plays in the league for a very long time. And now that you have an opportunity, and I know you're hard, I know what, you, what you're about, what you're trying to do. You come up here, you did it at the Shrine Bowl, and we were out there hanging out. You're talking to these young players. What What is your advice? What is your um you know, mentorship and what does that platform mean to you to talk to these young guys getting ready and going through this whole process that you've gone through yourself? Yeah, BJ, at the end of the day, man, you know, I I, I just feel like God's put me here for a purpose, and the purpose is to just continue to give back and not let guys make the same mistakes I did. And some it's not always the drinking and driving and the partying and all that kind of stuff. You hear that everywhere. It's just to not, 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 not apply yourself 100% to your craft. Um when it comes to football, man, it, it's it's a lot of mental preparation, film study. It's a lot of, you know, knowing your position, your alignment, assignment to be able to execute. And then it's physically being able to just pour out your your effort and energy, you know, drain yourself on a daily day at practice, you know, crashing yourself through that wall of fatigue to, to build another layer of reserve in your tank so that you can go four quarters and overtime if you need to every week on and on and on and fight through injury and fight through. So building that up, it just took me until about my fourth or fifth year in the league to really have all of those pieces together because I, when I got to the league, I was still hanging out with friends from, from University of Richmond, obviously being drafted by the Redskins. My college was an hour away. So the entire <laughs> university would come up every weekend to, to support me but also support the nightlife. Um, <laughs> and uh, so I was burning both into the candles and I just didn't give my career uh, for those first four years the, 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 the amount of priority in my life I should have. And, yes, when I got to my fifth and sixth, seventh of those years, I got a little bit wiser and older, and I knew I needed that extra rest in order to be able to even play. 
But I just I, I try to talk to these guys that are early, you know, before you make those same mistakes I do. Because some guys, when you talk about the length of a career in the NFL, it's only two and a half, three years. Because some guys never make it out that first phase. Yeah. The, the the celebrity and the, and, the, and the nightlife and all that, it just eats them up. And maybe it's one injury or it's a few bad games in a row, and then they replace you and put somebody else in, and that person just starts doing well, and you just never get back on the field. Yeah. So um, I just think that, you know, the, from, a, from, a, from a mentorship standpoint, I always want to make myself available to not only sports stars, athletes, because I'm, I'm excited to see those guys get the same agent I did, but any athlete, especially yeah. the linebackers. Um, any linebacker I have a chance to sit down and talk to, um, just trying to figure out his mindset, uh, how does he see the game, how does he uh, interpret formation and shifts, and, you know, how does he, um, like, process game scenario? Because I think I've learned so much through the 10 years of playing. I mean, if I can just, you know, seed some of this knowledge into somebody else's soul, I think that guy could just take it and grow and be good and, I'll be happy with that. So much of what you just talked about fits in with questions that I used to ask John Dorsey. I used to ask Brett Veach, and especially when it always around draft time, especially here at the Combine. How do you separate guys that you're scouting that love the fact that they're good at football or absolutely love football? And those are two different things. Some guys love what football can bring them. They're great athletes. They play well in college. They're the man. They, they make all these plays. But all the other stuff, and I know you're saying early in your career you feel like you maybe didn't give it the the attention that it deserved, but you just sat here and told us the stories of getting ready for the combine and watching video of other guys that were good at the drills, how did they do it, and all this film breakdown that nowadays, it's like, yeah, you got YouTube, he's gone, and everything you'd ever want to know is there. You didn't have that, so you kind of manufactured it, where if your agent or any NFL team looked into all of the different things that you were doing, saw that you loved it, it meant more to you than just something that you were good at. But I want to know what players you think are going to be really good in this draft. We'll go over your top 30 list for the first round right after this quick break. You're listening to the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas City, KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after this. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. 
Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. All right, welcome back into the KCSN Draft Show. We're hanging out here at the Tin Roof Bar and Grill in Indianapolis. They got a location in Kansas City, too, if you want to check out a Tin Roof. Uh, so they've got them all over the country, so go check out Tin Roof. If you are in Indianapolis, uh, it's a great place, good spot. Sean, we're looking at, the, at your notes that you got there. Uh, you've got pieces of paper. You've got uh, Southwest napkins. You've got them all <laughs> over the place, and you've been grinding tape on these guys watching them. I know that. When we were in uh, in Vegas, we were watching tape with you uh, on some of these linebackers. But I want to talk about uh, the 30 guys that you got rated. That's what you said because we were like, hey, what are we going to talk about, Sean? What do you want to talk about? And you said, I got 30 guys that I think will, will, will go in the first round. Let's talk about those guys. All right. Well, everybody wants to know it's a, it's a quarterback-driven league, right? Yeah. So let's yeah. just start with the quarterback position, right? All right. And so everybody, I think everybody, 99.9% of America has Bryce Young as their top quarterback. Yeah. I mean, he's fifth place in my book. He's, I got him at I got him at number five, so I'm gonna go five and go backwards. I think the draft guide actually has him has somebody else at number one. Right, and my it's not out yet. No, it's not. But no spoilers. No Curious spoilers. If you are on the same page with Mr. Kent Swanson, now I can't. You know what? I'm awesome. gonna I'm gonna subscribe to that. I'm gonna you tell me the link. I'm gonna link up and buy me. What is it, what is it called? The draft journal, the draft draft guide, the draft guide. Yeah. The, the draft guide um, Those guys do work. Yeah, I think I've seen it years ago. But I haven't. Listen, I need I need to get that, and I need to compare it to my notes because somewhere collectively, I think we can unlock the uh, the. I think it's beautiful because I know you did the work, and you went and like actually watched and like studied this as opposed yeah. to studying other mock drafts, watching a little bit, and then just kind of piecing it all together. But sorry, go ahead. You got Bryce Young as your fifth quarterback. Yes, Hendon Herker from Tennessee is my fourth ranked quarterback. Um, I love his athleticism. I love his the big arm. I love the stature. Um, I'm one. I'm one of. I think. There's, there's a few people probably like me. I just think it's so tough to play the quarterback position if you're challenged by height. Hmm. Uh, not being able to see clearly, you know, through the different uh, the passing angles and down the field. I just think that, you know, when you lower that by a foot, um, it just you're, you're throwing to uh, you're throwing the spots. You're throwing the areas, hoping that those things uh, come open versus seeing it from um, a taller viewpoint. So. Um, yeah, the, the the and maybe it's a little bit of a, a, a past history, little ex-girlfriend luggage because, like Doug Flutie tore me up <laughs> every time I couldn't tackle him. He would he would he, I think I'm 0 and five against Flutie or something like that. Some ridiculous <laughs> stat. I don't think I've ever beat Doug Flutie in my career, and I just couldn't understand how the guy his size could even see where he was throwing that ball, and so maybe I'm just so you know like again I might be just. This might be some scar tissue. I just yeah. can't get over it. So, so go back. So you you've got Hendon Hooker rated higher than Bryce Young. Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, Bryce Young is my five. Hendon Hooker is my four. Um, Anthony Richardson is my three from Florida. Uh, I think he's the total package. I think he's got all the. Yeah. So I, I believe that you can't hold turnovers and you can't hold that against some of these young guys because I think sometimes you get put into offense. That the offense demands that you put the game on your back and try to be Superman. Right. If you take a Anthony Richardson and you put him with the right quarterback coach and the right philosophy, and they teach him how to just, uh, um, you know, prioritize the possession. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, it ain't. It ain't. You, hey, man, it ain't Superman no more. We we don't have any no no capes. Uh, there is no Black Panther coming to save Wakanda. Like none of that stuff. All right. It's just this play the position the way it's to be played. Uh, we got a defense that's going to keep them from scoring. 
In our offense, we want to get first down, first down, get in the red zone. We want to protect the field goal. And then if the defense makes a mistake, we make them pay and get a touchdown. And you got a running game, too, that can score, too. So it ain't always got to be you. If a quarterback comes in with the right tools that this guy got, man, he could he could really be one of the top five quarterbacks really soon in, in the NFL. So I'm excited to see and hope he goes to the right staff, the right coaching staff that can really uh, kind of mold what he has going on. So that's my number three quarterback. I really like that. And, I, you know, Matt Miller even brought this up. The Colts make a lot of sense for Anthony Richardson. They make a lot of sense, and I'd love to see him kind of make that move uh, to get up there and go get him. And I, I, I agree with you. I really do love what Anthony Richardson can bring, and even the point I brought up with uh, with Matt is, you know, touchdowns weren't there early on in the season. They came later on in the season. So you got to get them in the, in the right situation. A lot of it's nature versus nurture when it comes to draft picks. I like that. Um, so I think that that's going to be uh, going to be good. Indy would be would be buzzing if they got him. Yes. Right. Well, there's only two quarterbacks left, obviously, and that's Will Levy. Uh, Levis or my man C.J. Stroud. So I'm going to go. Which way to go with my man? <laughs> <laughs> that might have gave it away. Uh, man, I just I like what this kid has. And I know the Ohio State has had a curse or whatever they call it, whatever they want to say about Ohio State and the quarterback. The guys come in and they ball. They come in and come in with a lot of heart and the desire. And unfortunately, you can't, it's some teams you just can't go to and be successful. It's, it's hard for uh, some guys just to get implemented into an organization that just doesn't have a lot of talent around them and expect this first-round draft pick quarterback to save the the, the, the team. Um, so I, with the Bears and the Texans and Indy all being at the top of the draft, all having a uh, desire to get, you know, fix that quarterback position, um, I think the Bears stay put. I think the Bears might, you know, if they, if they do trade down, is to get one of these defensive studs. Yeah. We'll get to those guys later. They, um, got lot, they got a lot of holes to fix. They got a lot of holes. They got, they got an asset, try to turn that into more. But the Texans, I, I, would, I would like to see the Texans. My man D'Amico Ryan's heading that, that, that franchise up now. So I would love to see D'Amico put his, put his thumbprint on the Houston Texans and start the draft with the Texans uh, taking C.J. Stroud as the number one quarterback. I like it. I do like what C.J. Stroud did. He showed some uh, some abilities to, to, to win games. And, again, when we talk about Jackson Smith and Jigba's game against the Rose, in the Rose Bowl, C.J. Stroud had an equally impressive game in that Rose Bowl as well. And he is uh, – He's been a quarterback that has been talked about as soon as, you know, he was able to be talked about before he was able to be talked about to the draft. They're like, oh, this kid's going to be pretty good. Um, so I'm excited to see what he can do. And, uh, yeah, I, there's a lot of good – we're talking about Field, Lake, Field Yates about this. He's like, there's some good quarterbacks in this draft. It's no, there's no blue chip certain put your stamp on like a Trevor Lawrence or anything like that. But there's guys that can be sneaky good and then put in the right situation as you're, as you're talking about, Sean. I think that uh, those are all uh, really good. So – what do you want? To, what position do you want to talk about next? Because if we're going to go by position of your rounders, the first rounders you got, which ones do you want to talk about now? Uh, let's go about the guys that catches all the touchdowns. Let's go with wide receivers. Do it. Let's go wide receivers. I love this because I know you did the work, and it's different. <laughs> you don't care what other people have at their rankings, and I love everything about this conversation. Yeah. Now the problem in all these things is because I don't listen to a lot. All my pronunciations of their last names. I might just say the guy from Fresno, the guy from Georgia. Yeah. And I'll let y'all handle it. I'm, I'm the last person to ask. I, I'll let y'all handle Shelly for like the last <laughs> week. And I had like eight people either text me, DM me, or hit me up on a comment on the YouTube channel. Yes, yeah, so I'm going to let you know. Michelle. I am last name. That, that ain't my strong point. I just watched the film, put them in order. 
I don't listen. Your last name, whatever your mama call you, is your name. Yeah. So, all right, how many first round wide? Or excuse me, yeah, how many yeah. first round wide receivers do you have being taken? I got five wide receivers going in the first round. Only okay. four of them had a first round grade, but I think because that's a position of need and a desired position, and late in the draft, there's going to be a team that, even if he's not a first round grade, is going to make my number five guy. They're going to bump him up and, and probably take him late in the first round. You get that fifth-year option. We saw what happened to the wide receiver free agent market last year. It's enticing to get that fifth-year option for these guys. Yes. Who do you have as the – let's start at the bottom. Five, number five. Five. I got I got Tank Dell from Houston. Yeah? I got the Houston well, product. I like. I think he's a complete receiver. I like his uh, catch radius. Um, he was part of a really productive team at Houston. They got up and down the field, vertical. He's To me, he has the full tree. He runs across the field, he runs the jet screens, he runs vertical, and he does it all at an extremely high level. Um, now, now that I say all these great things about him, so well, how is he five? <laughs> because I don't think he does, he doesn't excel in any of those things. He's just, he's above average, well, um, um, well above average in, in so many different categories. But these other guys, man, it's something that's so special about uh, a few things they do. So yeah. he's my fifth wide receiver. Yeah, we we talked about it earlier with Matt Miller that you know everybody that's described this wide receiver class it's very much in the the beauty and is in the eye of the beholder yes. and that you could show and get the rankings of like you know ten different teams and show us your top five wide receivers and you're going to get completely different projections and uh, perspectives on this wide receiver class because they're all just a little bit different they offer something a little bit different. Um, Tank Dell, who do you got next? Who's number four? Number four is a guy, if you're looking for an outside receiver, he don't look his way. He is going to be strictly a slot, but he's the A-B. Yeah, he's the Antonio Brown of the slot. He's going to dominate the slot. Who is JSN? It? Is that his name? JSN? He goes by some initials. Okay. Jackson Smith. Okay. I'm going to stay away from the name. Yeah. I, I just go by the initials or something like that. But. I think that works just fine. Jackson Smith in particular is who you're talking about. He had a phenomenal Rose Bowl. Uh, Matt talked about it. Had literally one of the best days you could ever have as a wide receiver. But this year was kind of interesting. He only had like five or seven catches. I can't remember. Didn't have very much production. So, um, yeah, but he's a he's a very talented wide receiver. And I think his quickness is going to be the thing that, like you said, you know, I told you everybody has something that uh, sets them apart. These right. top four guys. It's his quickness, his foot, his foot placement, his speed, his the way he comes out of breaks. He's always prepared for the ball. Um, great, great, strong hands. And then the the after the catch, right? His, his his he got something special, man. He got a little extra, uh, yeah. He got a little extra something in his hips that makes him tough to get down. When we were talking with Matt Miller the other the po- show that posted the other night about the wide receiver position, there was a player that I was going to compare to that I thought similar to Antonio Brown, just in that his five ten, good route runner, quick, fast, athletic, but not a like not Tyree Kill, not not next level, but. Athletic as needed to be at that position, and we haven't talked about it. I, I believe he's going to be in your top five. Uh, if not, I've got a bone to pick with you about this player. Let's go to number three. Let's go to number three. Number three is my man Jordan Addison. Yeah, that's who it is. Jordan Addison from USC. Um, there's been a I man, a, man. Listen, the history of wide receivers coming out of USC. And if the, listen, we talking about if we talking the Chiefs kingdom. If there's some person that can replace Juju. Right, Juju is, is holds a lot of records at USC. This young man, I think, has the ability to do it um, and, and do it at a good pace. So that's who I got as my number three receiver, Jordan Addison. All right, let's move on to number two. Number two, 
from TCU, Q, Quentin Johnson. Tucker, I'll let you take this one. Yeah. I love him. I'm not talking like I love that dude, man. I love him. He's big. He's physical. And we saw him in the Big 12 Championship game. Julius Sprintz had a very bad day against Quentin Johnson. That's not to say anything bad about Julius Sprintz. Julius Sprintz has had a very good... They expect him to do very well at the combine. They expect him to, or he did have a very good senior bowl. I think that just shows you how good Quentin Johnson is. One of those guys was happy after the game, and it wasn't Quentin Johnson. <laughs> That's fair. That's all I'm, I'm going to say. I'm, I'm saying Julius Sprintz forced a fumble uh, on, a, on a catch, but as Matt Miller brought up, his, I think his catch or drop percentage was like 12%, and I think that's the biggest thing with him um, and with, with what he's going forward. But the athletically, you look at the just the physical traits that are all there, and you're thinking, man, that guy could be fun in the Chiefs offense. Yeah, he's a dog. Yeah. All right, number one. So who's the number one? Then I think it's it yeah, could no. be it could be Jalen Hyatt from Tennessee. Yep. It could be Zay Flowers. Zay Flowers. That was that Flowers, man. That was the player. Yes. That was the player that I, I didn't want to tell Matt Miller that the Antonio Brown stuff. Mm-hmm. He's not yeah. big. The physical, like the the physicality part of it. Uh, it's 5'10", 180, 185 pounds, kind of like A.B. coming out. Yep. Uh, good route runner, overly athletic, but not a burner in that kind of way. But this is your guy, so I'll let you talk about What this. I love about Zay Flowers, when the ball is in the air, he has a way of getting his body in position and place to make a catch look routine when it's yeah. not. It's a, I mean, this is a tough – and he doesn't do the OBJ. OBJ allows the ball to get past him. Just to look exotic and extreme <laughs> in this one-handed thing, um, Zay Flowers is able to make those same catches, but he able he's able to like like bolt his body or to keep the defender off and catch it with one hand away from the guy. Yeah. And so his it, the, the, the 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 amount of catches that are contested catches. Yeah. And he's not from a offensive powerhouse that has receivers. You know, he doesn't have five-star guys open. It's just him. Mm-hmm. And he's yeah. still putting up monster numbers. Yeah. That's the guy who I think is going to be the the, the the prince, the shining star of this receiver class, Zay Flowers. That's the guy. If you were that, you asked me right now, you asked me at the Shrine Bowl because I had a chance to watch it before. We had a chance to sit down and interview him. Yeah. Uh, it stood out. And it's just like, this guy can be productive. And you watch any receiver's highlights, who are like, Patch Mobs could do something with that guy. But Zay Flowers in particular, because the route running, the change of direction, the the ability to track a ball is what you're talking about. Yes. The ball goes up. He can fight through it. He can fight through traffic. He's got the physicality side of it that just because he has the ability to run those jet sweeps and those scissor routes and those little angle routes, those different things that, that you need that next level athleticism and quickness and burst and all those things to happen. But for a player of that size, then to see the contested catches down the field and to fighting through contact to still make plays, it it's what stood out to me about him. And, uh, yeah, if you ask me right now, who, who would make me most excited that Chiefs should draft in the first round of 31? Zay Flowers is there. I would be ecstatic that yeah. he ended up in the Chiefs. And I'm, I'm hoping that the NFL other teams have, have it backwards. I'm hoping mm-hmm. that, that Zay is their fifth, sixth wide receiver. So yeah. that when there's a run on wide receivers and we're picking at 31, I'm hoping Zay is still there. Yeah. So I, I, in some ways, I hope my, my rankings aren't according to the actual draft <laughs> because then it leaves these great tools that I like at one and two on my list available for the Chiefs at 31. So, Well, I got something interesting here uh, on your list, and I've heard from a couple people, there's a lot of buzz about Zay Flowers heading into this combine, especially him putting on 13 pounds of muscle, according to his uh, his trainer. He's plus 800 right now at DraftKings Sportsbook to be the first wide receiver selected. Heard some from some sources that that could be 
in play. So there is uh, some value there in that in that pick. Source. I gotta keep just source. I gotta keep source. I gotta keep source. I gotta keep tighter. Uh, I gotta watch who's sitting around me on Southwest. Yeah. It might be. <laughs> I'm, I might have been sitting in the middle of a bunch of scouts, and not even know it. And I'm just writing my notes, and they just like taking pictures of it, whatever. When I'm asleep, putting the camera over my shoulder and getting on my notes, man. All right. What's the next position group? Tight end. All right, let's do it. Yeah. I know we got we we got Zeus, we got Kelsey. No one's thinking we going after tight end, but let this number one tight end make it to thirty one. This guy's gonna be a game changer. I only got one tight end with a first round grade. I got one. It ain't. It's from he's a he's a uh, fighting Irish. The the gold dome himself, Michael Myers, Michael Moyer, Michael. Is Michael Myers the guy in the Halloween? That's, that's yeah. the Halloween guy. Yeah. yeah. Well, he, guess what? He's going to have people having some nightmares like the guy from Halloween. Michael Mayer, yeah. Michael Mayer is a stud. He's a stud muffin. He's a stud, whatever yeah. you want to call him. He's a freak. Um, he's going to enter the league and be probably comparable to uh, TJ Hawkinson or something like that. Um, I think he's as athletic, I think, as um, uh, who's the guy that went to the Atlanta Falcons when he came out? Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts. I, I think he has a lot of flexibility in his position like that. Um, but I think he has great hands, and I think he knows the position. He's really crafty with the ball. Um, he knows how to sit down in zones and run away from and use his body and man. And that's really all you want is a guy that understands concepts at that position. You know, hey, third and short, third. We need a first down. We coming at you. Yeah. Get open. Yeah. Find a spot and get open and then catch the ball, and he does that really well. I will say this about uh, Michael Mayer. Coming into Notre Dame, he was nicknamed Baby Gronk. He wore 87. He had a lot of similar play styles as Gronk. Now his game did evolve from when he was a freshman. But even as a freshman, they were saying, hey, this this dude's going to be legit. Like, this dude is going to be go uh, go in the NFL and play, play for some years. And 6'4", 265 is what they have on the team site, right? So those numbers could be fudged a little bit. We'll get that true high weight here yeah. um, at the combine. But still, that frame of 6'4", 265 as a, as a tight end. Cool. All right, before we throw this break, we, we've got 11 players down. Yeah. We've got 19 more players to go, and we're going to ask the defensive guy to start talking a little bit of defensive players in the first round right after this quick break. You're listening to the fastest-growing sports media network in Kansas City, KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after this. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Welcome back to the KCSN Draft Show here at the Tin Roof Bar and Grill in Indianapolis. Hanging out at the uh, NFL Scouting Combine. Obviously nothing going on right now, but we are hanging out with Sean Barber here talking about his 
top 30 guys in this draft, the 30 guys that he likes for the first round. We are through 11. 11 down. We got uh, 19 more. Is that math right? Yeah, we went through quarterbacks, receivers, and the one tight end. Yes. The one tight end. Now we're going to we're gonna pivot <laughs> and go to, let's go to edge rusher. Is that all right? How many edge rushers do you have projected in the first round of the 2023 NFL draft eight weeks before the draft? <laughs> I got five guys. Yep. Five guys with a first round pick. I got a sixth guy. And the reason I make him a tweener is because everybody knows edge rushers, cornerbacks, wide receivers, and quarterbacks, they always get this bump because at the end of a draft cycle, when you're picking 30, 31, you want that fifth-year option. You want to use it on a special uh, skill position player, and these guys are hard to find. So if you find one, you want that fifth year. Sometimes you see a team trade up and to get that spot just to get this guy who he might have a second-round grade, but you right. want him. So you'll, you'll take him at the end of the first round. So right. uh, let's start with my sixth guy. Okay. The sixth guy is a guy coming from Clemson, Miles Murphy. Mm. Um, I like him all around. This is an all-around great athlete. Um, I think yeah, I remember said this uh, before about some other athletes. Um, I, I don't know what he does extremely well, but he does a lot of things very good. Yeah. Great hand placement, great explosion. Uh, if the one thing I, I didn't see a lot, I didn't see that that motor. I didn't see a guy. He he wasn't a Jared Allen. He didn't. I mean, he just he didn't show his athleticism through the echo of the whistle like some of these other guys did. So yeah. that was the way it, you know he got downgraded on mine because I'm a high effort guy. You want to know my priority list? First thing I want to see is running through the whistle of the ball. I want you to see. I want you every snap looking the same. First quarter, fourth quarter, overtime, at practice, in the way. I want to see everything going full speed. And I think that's the one thing. Wherever he gets to a, a certain team or organization, hopefully the D line coach, the uh, a, a defensive end coach, can can kind of get this this fire lit under him and keep it going because that's something that you're going to find across the league. I mean, mo- motivating an NFL player when a guy has been, I mean, not making any money his entire life, going to you, you're playing football to pay for school, and then all of a sudden you become a multimillionaire. Sometimes that motivation, what motivates you, that comes into question, and sometimes for a good reason. Yeah. Miles Murphy, 6'5", 276. Uh, checks a lot of boxes there for Steve Spagnuolo. I would be interested to see, as you mentioned him kind of as a tweener, See what they can do with him on the inside. If he can do a little bit of a speed rush from the inside, like we've seen Chris Jones have some success with, to see if they can kind of pair him with him, that could be really exciting. And I think that he could be a could be a good addition for the Chiefs, like you mentioned in that end of the round. You kind of want that fifth year option on him. I think yes. all sense. All right, let's run through the rest. Who do you got at four and three? It's you two at this time. How about five? Oh, I'm sorry, five and four. Five. I got Nolan Smith from Georgia, and at four I got Andre Carter the second. Okay, man from Army. You know he know how to work, man. Guy from Army, <laughs> he ain't got no choice. He ain't got no choice, man. You know you're going to get that 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 motivator out of him. He's going to give it every play. He's going to give 100% because he don't know no better, man. So, well, no one's missed the name. It's been thrown around. But yeah. he's one, too. Yes, yes. Those Georgia guys. <laughs> uh, let's let's finish up the edge rushers. Oh, I heard the one name, and it's, it's upsetting me already. Wow. So, <laughs> go 3-2-1. Three, 3-2-1. Two, one. Three, two, one. Uh, the proud of Iowa Hawkeye. Uh, my, my man Lucas Von Ness. Uh, we're going with that with number three. Number two, Tyree Wilson. I think I got the name right, Tyree Wilson, Texas Tech. And number one, I think number one on my board, he's the number one player overall, not just at his position, but in the entire draft. If we was going just off of grit, ability, and talent, my man Will Anderson out of Alabama yeah. is the number one edge rusher in this draft. 
Makes sense. I mean, it is what it is. is. They were. I was looking for Felix, but didn't hear it. No Felix. <laughs> they were. They were talking about hurting his feelings. Yeah. I mean, it's just sit over here, pal, for a minute. Yeah, this is what I do. I mean, he's got this quarterback background, <laughs> so he knows about running routes. And, but when it, that dog, they, <laughs> Felix, ain't got that dog. I ain't see the. I ain't see the dog come out. Interesting. I need that JYD. I need that junkyard dog that got to come I'll out see, on. I'll send you some clips. I need that junkyard dog. See some clips. I need to see Felix that be that junkyard dog, man. Hey, well, if you look at it right now, number one pick right now, we, we talked about the Bears kind of wanting to move what they want to do on defense. Will Anderson would be a good, uh, would be a good guy if they don't raid under nice. there. Plus six fifty on DraftKings Sportsbook right now. It could make yourself some money. Will Anderson was that guy too coming out last year. You look at the Alabama defense and you said. There's a lot of really good defensive players. This Will Anderson guy is the best one there. And they're like, okay, yeah, he's eligible next year. Like, he's uneligible this year. And then he had a, he had a couple of years this year. So uh, I'm a big fan of Will Anderson. All right, let's move on to a different position group. Let's do it. And let's go to cornerback. Hmm. Let's go to the young guys on the outside. How many cornerbacks do you have projected as first-round picks? I think we're at 17 total. Yes, the exact same setup as the edge rushes. I got five that I had at first-round grade, but a sixth guy, obviously – Man, listen, the way the, the vertical game in the NFL, you got to got guys that can cover these wide receivers. So yep. if you got a corner available that you really like, he's a second rounder, but you picking 30, 31, you might want to grab him. So if the Chiefs has the opportunity, my guy, I have a guy from the Orange, the Orange Crush. My man, uh, Garrett Wilson from Syracuse is my sixth-ranked overall corner. I love his feet. I love his hand placement. I love the way he plays. I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not in love with his man technique, but I love his awareness and zone. And I, yeah, Steve Spagnola, we, we do multiple fronts. We got guys that can play some zone. We got guys that can play with their hands. He seems to be a guy that's, that knows concepts. He knows coverage because he was able to do a lot with just a little bit sometimes. So I don't know if his talent level has, I don't if he just all, all his raw skill and ability, would he be in my top six? But when I see the production on the field and I see that he knows what, how to play the position, that's why I got him um, kind of eking into that, that first-round grade for me. Man, for sure. Uh, who else you got on that list? Uh, number five, uh, Devonta Banks out of Maryland. Yep. I think, to me, across the board, if you talk about mirrorability, if I put an offensive receiver in front of you and I tell you to stay in front of him five yards as long as you can, he's the number one guy at doing that. I think he can stay in front of any receiver on his board. He can stay in front of him to keep him getting vertical. And a lot of times on defense, that's what you need in order to get those pass rushes home. All right, what do you got else to, to finish off the top six of cornerbacks? I got a guy from the U. A guy from the U. Tariq Stevenson at number four. I got Christian Gonzalez. Tony was like that. Maybe it's long lost. You know, Tony was on that little missing how to find your family DNA show <laughs> uh, a couple weeks ago. I don't know what it's called. Finding your roots or something like yeah, that. He yeah. found a lot. Of, so maybe this Christian Gonzalez from, uh, from Oregon uh, might be on this thing. And then I got two guys left. I bet you can't guess what order I got him in. One is a former friend of mine's son. Yeah, he's a junior. Joey Porter Jr. from Penn, Penn State. Uh, locked it down for my man at, 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 at University of uh, Pennsylvania, or Penn State. And then my number one corner is Spoon. Last year was Sauce. This year is the Spoon. Yep. With a Spoon from Illinois. Dog, I, all those corners are, are good. I really like the the Weatherspoon kid. I really like to just have the situation be where the Chiefs go out and win a Super Bowl with an entire rookie group that are all on rookie deals. Right. No, not rookie deal. Like an entire yes. 
group of cornerbacks that are all on rookie deals because we saw four guys play last year. Legereus Steed is up. It's been rumored to be on the trade block. They went out and invested even more into the cornerback position. That would be something. Yes, yes. Go find your go find your guys. Yeah. So, um, that too. Love it. Let's move on to linebacker. Can't believe it took us this long. I know. It's your position. Unfortunately, if there's a thinness in the draft, it's at linebacker. Uh oh. Do you have any? Yeah, one. Okay. When I say when I say I, I had to look I had to look long and deep to find <laughs> some reason to make him a first round trade. Fair enough. Um, man, it's a lot of guys I've seen historically get taken in the draft. That I mean, it, this is just not the greatest draft for linebacks. I'm sorry to say. All right, who do you got? Um, Washington State. My man Dayon Henley is the guy I got as the number yep. one linebacker. I know some people talk about uh, Trenton Simpson from Clemson and something like that, but. Mm-hmm. Again, I think I've seen the the Clemson film. It's something about the guys, the way they pursue. Yeah, it just turned me off. Um, I mean, almost across the board with all the Clemson guys on defense. Yeah. All right, let's go D tackle. D tackle, obviously. Ooh. Yeah. We talked about it with Matt the other day. <laughs> Storyline of the combine. Story. On what's today? Wednesday that we're recording this. Yeah. That Jalen Carter. Yeah. And his legal situations with the warrant out for his arrest with a couple of misdemeanors, but a very serious situation yes. uh, in which people lost their lives. Uh, more information, obviously, is going to come out about that. Jalen Carter came out and said he's going to be fully exonerated when all the information comes out. Uh, but there's a lot there that NFL teams, for a player that some have as the top player in this draft, right? a lot of questions are going to have to be figured out with him. So we know where Jalen Carter's at. Who else do you have projected? Hey, one other guy round. with a first-round grade okay. is uh, Kalia, uh, Kalia Casey, I think he's great. Mm. The first name got a spell kind of, I mean, I think it's Kalia Casey from Pitt. Um, that was the guy that I had also with the first ground, first first grade. I think with, 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 with Carter going so high, there's going to be a lot of teams left. That if you need to fill a hole in defensive tackle, um, this young man might end up getting drafted in the first round just based off of a need, team need basis. So um, defensive tackles, is hard to come by three techniques, five techniques. Those guys are hard to replace. And so I think there's enough NFL teams that, um, through free agency and some 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 cap casualties, you might have a team filling the hole with this young man from Pitt. Yeah, and we'll know more about how that could play out based on what we see through free agency. Because guy like uh, Javon Hargrave, I believe, is going to be a free agent in this yep. market. We saw Deron Payne already get the tag from Washington. We know Chris Jones not going to be available like that, but another player that's going to deserve a big deal. So once free agency gets through, it's going to help players outside of the Jalen Carters and next group of guys who misses out in free agency and who needs to fill spots uh, right there. One position we haven't talked about on defense yet? Safety. safety. Yeah. What do you safety. got for safety? Hey, man, safety is a deep group. It's just I didn't find a lot of high-level guys. Um, I only got one guy with a first-round grade. And some, now, Alabama got two safeties. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and actually, they got three. They got a third one, too. Um, number two. I can't remember his name right now, but he popped every... I was looking... So, I was looking at Brian Branch, and I was looking at battle yeah and, and i kept seeing this number two jump into the screen and i'm like well he hold on what position so they playing the same thing expects the three safety look yeah and all three of those guys are making plays all over the field but i do think uh brian branch does kind of set himself apart at the safety position as being the the, the cream of the crop when you come to these safeties yeah everybody else is kind of um you know second third round guy I think it's I think it's perfect. If if the Chiefs are fortunate enough to have Brian Branch follow them at pick number thirty one, 
I think you're sprinting to the podium at that point. Yeah, you look at that, you can you can make that defense to look pretty nasty. If you know you already have Justin Reed up there, you go ahead, you get Brian Cook and add a Brian or Brian Branch to it too. So I mean, could be a lot of fun in that secondary, and you're gonna have a lot of young guys too. That's a guy you can have a fifth year option on if you have him at the end of that first yes. round. So yes. uh, very interesting. Yeah. Like, All right, what position groups have we not hit yet? We go back to the offense because we left the big boys out for one. We did. We left we the did. big boys out. So let's go do the big boy list. All right, let's see. I'm projected. Say offensive line, or do you have them by tackle, guard? I, I do have them by tackle, and then I got the guards who send us together. Yep. Uh, how many do you have projected? How many offensive linemen do you have projected in the first round? So I got three tackles, okay. um, and I got – actually, I got three tackles, and I got three interior guys. Okay. So I thought it was – if you tell me what position had the most – First round depth in this draft, I'm telling you, it's the offensive line. I think okay. six guys in total, and maybe a seventh guy because of the need for offensive tackles. I think there's going to be six or seven offensive linemen, uh, three or four tackles, three or four interior guys. I'll start with the tackles. At three, I got um, Paris Johnson Jr. Yeah. out of Ohio State. At two, you're going to have to help me with the last name. He's out of Northwestern. Stronsky. Uh, yes, that guy. <laughs> Peter. Skarsky. And then my number one guy, obviously, at tackle was Broderick Jones from Georgia. Yeah. I think he's been dominant all year. He started off as being one of the top tackles, and I think he's done nothing but prove, um, you know, put 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 his game film uh, against anybody. He's, he's one of the top tackles in the league this year. Before we move on to the interior, guys, I think the only real concern about uh, Broderick Jones when it comes up is his arm length. We'll obviously have more clarity here at the, uh, at the combine, but uh, that's the kind of the concern here. Mel Kiper Jr. mocked him to the Chiefs at number 31. Uh, so something that could be uh, could be interesting for for the future. What about right, Jones? Talk about the interior guys. Interior guys. Let me see. I got so many sheets over here. You have all kinds of notes. It's unbelievable. <laughs> so I had two guys that I was kind of you know think I if if needed to could sneak up there. Uh, one is John Smith from Minnesota, and another guy is Joe Temperman from Wisconsin. Both of those guys had second round grades on my book, but their tape. Look better than my that that tape wanted me to find a way to put them as a first round guy. The unfortunate part is three other guys have better tape, and those three guys um, is Steve Ava, Avila from TCU, um, Osiris Torrance from Florida, and then my number one is also a guard center combo is Luke. I can't pronounce his last name from Ohio State. The Ohio State. They got a good offensive line. I mean, you could just took all five of those guys and say, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, throw them up in there and first, second round picks across the board, man. Um, it, that's a phenomenal group that they had. And, and I think it comes back to their coaching. Uh, people I talk, I talk to all, all the time about our, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, right? What makes their offense so good? You got to start giving Andy Heck his props. He's been taking guys that for other teams didn't make their teams. We, we've had, we have gas, two or three guys come from the Cleveland Browns. Or some other team that couldn't make their squad come here and become consistent starters because the way Coach Andy Heck is having them all stepping and understanding and learning and working together, um, you know, Andrew Wiley's and the other. Some of these guys, man, you just don't, they just don't seem from a talent standpoint like they should be as good as they are. But on this team, under the toolage of Andy Heck, they become really good ball players. And so um, any of those kids that we've named, um, I think we named three. Offensive tackles, uh, yeah. three O centers. So that's another six to add to the number. And then we added some fringe guys. So that was another six or seven guys. I don't know what the grand total is right now. I think we're probably like around 30 because there's only one position one group position that we haven't up. talked about. And I want to know how many players you have projected at that position in the first round because 
historically we, trigger Chiefs fans. Historically, Start running backs in the first round. Ah, you know we can't talk running backs in the first round. Historically, they just don't go. But there's only one guy, and I think it's clear cut across the board from the University of Texas. He's running like the spirit of the the running was the. Uh, the, the the uh, bumbling, stumbling, running ghost. We used to call him the Big Ticket, a.k.a. Priest Holmes from his alma mater. And this is B. John, B. John, B. John Johnson. Man, he runs like a deer. Uh, uh, man, powerful. Got great hands, great explosion. He's always balanced, always under control. I, I really, I mean, I, I'm always trying to think of a pro comparison to, the, to these guys when I see them. And off the top of my head, I just don't, he, he's, a, he's a little bit of Saquon, a little bit of uh, uh, Ladane. He's a little bit of, I mean, a little bit of Tiki. Maybe Tiki. Maybe a Tiki Barber. Yeah. Because he's about, if I think about Tiki Barber, I don't ever think I've seen Tiki be off balance. Yeah. Always on balance, always getting positive yards. No one ever taking a good hit on him. So somewhere between an Emmett Smith, Tiki Barber kind of combination, Bijan Johnson from the University of Texas. Matt Miller did say he's the best running back prospect in 25 years. Ooh, I didn't even hear him say that, but maybe after I put all those I haven't talked to Matt about that. He said the same thing about Saquon like three, four years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> fair. That's fair. Saquon was good. In the that, same, Penn State, that Penn State tape was – that was he was, he was stupid impressive. In the, they're, they're in the same conversation, uh, which is kind of crazy to think about. But, uh, yeah, a guy that could go pretty high in this draft. All right, those are the top 30 players, the projected first-round picks from Mr. Sean Barber, who's got all everything else through second round, third round, and we will get to more of that. And he's, Sean's going to be helping us out uh, throughout draft season and more stuff here at KC Sports Network. So appreciate everybody for hanging out. Please hit that like and subscribe. If you're watching on YouTube, follow us on your favorite podcast platform. Again, we'll have plenty more content coming from the NFL Scouting Combine with our two weekly draft shows. We will have throughout the next what eight seven eight weeks yeah. getting ready for the draft plenty of content plenty of videos for youtube got the highlights it's going to be a lot of fun we appreciate all you for hanging out with us for Tucker franklin i'm bj kissel and for one mr sean barber the pride of the richmond spiders yes we appreciate you all for hanging out listening spending part of your day with us we'll see you next time